1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13. There's
0: a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen.
1: Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. I'm James Hansen. This is Milo and we're coming back from quite a week uh, a few things happened uh it st- seems like a few things happened with everyone whether it's with slc dunk whether it's with gordon hayward uh free agency movement uh guys it's a uh, it's i guess it's almost a post-mortem podcast today uh gordon hayward has left and we're kind of kind of want to talk about it a little bit. Um, it's kind of been talked about to death. Uh, Milo was really good about letting all the dunkers get on SLC Dunk and make our, our little thoughts and comments, and you can go ahead, You guys can go read all those. And I don't know if we necessarily need to talk too much about Gordon Hayward leaving. What, kind of what has been said has already been said. But something that ha- happened that was really interesting from the last time we talked was uh, Mark scene talked with 1280 The Zone, uh, yesterday, if you get a chance, go check that interview out. I'm sure it's on their site uh, to just listen to it. Quite the uncomfortable thing to listen to, a little bit. <laughs> a little uh, bit of conflict. <laughs> and, and I and I definitely like uh, want to give a, a little bit of props to uh, Spencer Schecter for uh, being willing to. I mean, he was he was uh, diplomatic, but he also kind of said a few things that I think uh, jazz fans feel and have a right to feel, honestly, because of the way things were handled with Gordon uh the major thing that he kind of talked about was that Gordon avoids conflict um personally I I think that was can kind of explain a lot of what happened on July 4th not everything that happened on July 4th I have a few thoughts on that too but uh so do you think Milo do you think that uh Gordon Hayward uh ever calls Gail Miller or do you think he even needs to what do you think
0: from the way that it looks like with, with Gordon is uh, – and, and Spence brought up a point where he just – he avoids conflict. And that and that's both a, a good thing and a bad thing. Like, um, A, good thing you have a player that you're never going to have to worry about getting in a fight on the court or, or you know losing their temper. He's able to keep things even keel. But the other part of avoiding conflict is not being able to be direct enough to get things done. And so that might equate to um, – we always kind of talked about Darren Williams being moody um, or quietly seething behind when things weren't going the right way versus a player like Carlos Boozer who was very vocal Um, and then almost the opposite where he's so vocal that he was telling people where he was going a year and a half before he had the chance to be able to choose where he was going. So... (laughs) Uh, so I mean it it works both ways and and that's quite the dynamic when you have such a player like Rudy who really speaks his mind who has no problem calling people out on the court who had no problem calling people out in the press when he felt people were getting taking too many shots and were too selfish and and were you know taking those those uh, uh t- taking those shots in public Gordon Hayward kept things kept things veiled and that the 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 problem of that came I I think when he had to make his decision and wanted to do it in the right way, but when the right way's window had passed, uh, when, when on Fourth of July when it was leaked, and it sounds like he wanted to to release the post within probably a few a few minutes before a few minutes after it was leaked. It sounded like he was about to release it, post it, and everything. Oh, really? I didn't know that. It, it, it sounded like it because there was the tweet that said, hey, I'm hearing that Gordon, uh, Gordon Hayward is going to make his decision public soon. There was that tweet that was going out. And then mm. it seemed like 15 minutes after that, that was when the leaks started happening to ESPN. And then there was the backtracking um, that you could see from the agent side for when uh, Waj. Tweet out. Well, he hasn't made his decision, so that sounded like very agent-initiated spin. And then there was then then the six-hour playing with your heart um, that jazz fans had to feel of is the Boston thing true? Is it not true? And that goes back to the Moneyball thing. Um, and I tweeted this out a few uh, on 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 Wednesday. Would you rather have one one shot to the head or five shots to the heart? And throughout Fourth of July, jazz fans. Had five shots to the heart. If you oh. were having to cover it and you weren't being able to be near your family and your barbecue, you took 10. And so, <laughs> and, and so it was, and in his effort to not create conflict, to try to do it his way, he created more conflict. It's that whole thing of being too nice. We've all had those people at, at our work who, where the boss pulls you aside and be like, oh, "Well, it's not exactly this. It's not exactly that. If you could just be a little bit more," and you're like, "Hey, just say, do I suck or do I don't suck?" And and that was what we had dealt with with Gordon Hayward is just like, "Look, are you into me? Are you not into me? Are you with Boston? Are you not with Boston?" That's all we want to know. And yes, he could have just confirmed it, said, "Hey, it's been confirmed. He's going to Boston." Not pulled this thing, and and then put out his his blog post a little bit later saying. This is not the the way that I wanted it to be be done, but bygones be bygones and just and
1: just move with it. Yeah, and, and the unfortunate thing is that he just kind of he really handcuffed the Jazz from being able to do anything. Because and it's mostly because not just ne- not necessarily that he chose Boston. It was that six hour waiting period. Is that like you know? Because I think honestly, I think the Jazz were just like us. I know that Steve Starks and them were kind of just waiting for what he was going to say because he, the news comes out uh, from Chris Haynes in the morning. We all hear it. We all get our hearts broken immediately when he does it. But then, yeah, the, what, what happened after that is the, the lie happens afterwards when he says, no, Gordon's still deciding that is just completely. Yeah, and, and, and and here's the
0: thing. They're hearing it directly from the agent and they're taking the agent's word. And if he does choose Utah, Are they really going to want to say, well, we started making deals and acting like you weren't coming here and and ran a deal before then? They can't move until they have direct confirmation. And so that six-hour waiting period, while it's like, oh, it's only six hours, six hours was was the difference between having Danilo Gallinari and having nothing. Six hours was the difference between being able to possibly uh, have a meeting with Otto Porter and not have a meeting with Otto Porter. Six hours was the difference between being able to meet with Rudy Gay and not meet with Rudy Gay because this free agency cycle, so many people had been waiting for that that shoe to drop, that they just started moving moving forward without him. And so for and and it's so compressed it, that the the moratorium ended just just a day a couple days later, and so it's so compressed. So six hours, yes, is 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 a long long time, and six business hours. As much as we want to say that you know they had the Fourth of July off, a lot of these Utah Jazz personnel did not have the Fourth of July off. Oh no, it's like they're, they're, major it's a, work. It's, day. it's a working day. It's a it's a, it's a big time working day. So so they're missing six hours of prime time working time during the day to be able to get these deals done, and they're they're out, and that's just a disservice. And do I think that Gordon Hayward did it on purpose? No, I don't think he, that he did it on purpose. I uh, I honestly think Gordon Hayward is a, a, a really good guy. He's 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 kind. He's nice. He's always been really really good in the community. He just wants to be liked, and I think in that effort to want to be liked and to not want to tr- create conflict, he created more conflict. Yeah. I mean, and, I and instead of it, just being direct and being like, "I ain't into you. I'm leaving. I'm gone. Peace," and I think. What what put what Mark Bartelstein probably got put in the middle of is there's a possibility that Hayward and Hayward's camp is saying you need to clean this up. We want to do it our way. Now people are mad, and Mark Bartlestein – but he's like, but don't tell him we made our decision. So Bartelstein's having to go out there and be like, well, he's not really he's not really ready, even though he knows he's not trying to spin it because he's he still is representing his client. Like he's, yeah. he, it's it. The agent's not telling the the player what to do. He can give advice. He can say what he thinks would be the better better scenario. But if the but if if uh, if the player says no, this is how we want to roll. He has to roll with it because he's he, he's he's getting paid by them, not vice versa.
1: Yeah. So he has to do what Gordon wants, and I, I'm sure that there absolutely was that point where. And I don't know who's leaking all this stuff. Like, that's the one thing we don't know either, is, like, how does Chris Haynes find out about it? Like, I had heard Zach Lowe talk about it, that somehow he had gotten the same kind of messaging, which makes me wonder, like, what are these these pipelines that some of these guys get into that they, some of them, like, knew and know more? I don't know if it's... If it's family that had heard something. Family like
0: if, or uh, – sometimes I wonder if it's just somebody who is new to the pipeline, it, like it is on the need-to-know basis but is new to the need-to-know basis and they get to feel like they're – they have, have this that, cool secret and they just want to tell somebody. Yeah, like
1: maybe Chris Haynes like – because I don't know if I've ever seen him break anything this national before. It's like, no, I'm breaking this. Yeah. And lets it out.
0: And and, and he stuck to his story. Like kudos to him um like if, if at first i was like oh this guy is just he's never broken anything big probably got misled by somebody this whole day's been crazy the last couple days there've been reports of fake fake feeds or twitter feeds and then right before all of it happened you had you uh gordon hayward's trainer following all of the celtics minutes before the decision which dude if you <coughs> knew Man, that's a bad move. What a douche!
1: Well, hey, what about this too? Like you so, couldn't wait.
0: You couldn't wait to follow dudes on Instagram. Like you were that. You were that stoked. You were that stoked that you were like, oh, good dude, I got to hit I- IG up and really just like show out. Like, the, that's just a bad move.
1: Here's the big question. So when uh, Robin Hayward puts the Celtic green clover on her uh, on uh, Bernie. Uh, does she know at that point then? Looking back now?
0: <laughs> I don't. Uh, like, here, the, the thing that I, I don't like about this whole thing is if you are a conspiracy theorist that thinks that the small markets cannot compete against the large markets, like, you are completely vindicated. And if you're the NBA, that's a problem. Because now you have a, a lot of small market franchises who. Either you have to go balls to the wall like Oklahoma City and mortgage your entire future for a year to contend, like you're doing with Paul George and Russell Westbrook who – I mean people are saying, hey, it's a great trade, but they're not going to have Russ or Paul George next year. So I mean hope it works out for them And or you're the Utah Jazz where you're like, well, we're not going to mortgage our future and trade away our young talent just so we can show that we're worth – Gordon Hayward being here because what's left if we do and then Mm -hmm. you're left without him and and to us to a large market and then you had LaMarcus Aldridge leaving from Portland to San Antonio and we say San Antonio is a small market San Antonio is a much larger market than Utah and yeah and uh, last time I checked they played in Texas and and they're starting and and it seems like San Antonio's kind of in this transition from a small market quote unquote to a large market um, in the past few years with players wanting to sign there and wanting to go there because they feel like we have so far, we've had Rudy Gay, we've had LaMarcus Aldridge, we've had uh, it's they're They're, they're not just, they're not losing out and having to trade for their value anymore. They're actually able to go out on the free agent market and get people that they'd want and people that would fit. So if, it's hard. I I don't know what you do if uh, if you're the MBA. Uh, I I I've now been on two separate um, radio hits now, where the questions asked is there anything the Utah Jazz can do to retain top talent and and I, outside, well, one thing
1: outside. one thing I heard that I really liked was from Harle Bob uh, I don't know if you guys follow him, but he's a great follow. But he talked about having a hard cap but not having max salaries. So that teams can, if if you've got a guy, if you've got a Rudy Gobert, you can have a front office that can give a max to like a Rudy Gobert that can beat everyone else. And then if you're a smart organization, you can actually fill the roster with uh, good talent around them and you can find ways to do that. So that a small market team, you've got the hard cap because if you take away the cap altogether, there's just no way that, a jazz team or an Oklahoma City team can compete with the L. A. Lakers. That's that's and, probably the
0: worst idea that I've heard out there. not, oh, not it's that, ridiculous! Like a, a hard, like putting in a no salary cap. That yeah. would just be devastating for
1: for oh it would franchises. it would ruin every small franchise. It would ruin. Look them. at
0: what Golden State is doing. Golden State's prepared to like over the course of four years pay close to half a billion dollars in salary for players, mm-hmm. and there's. I don't care what type of trust fund the Utah Jazz have and what how much of the revenue is being thrown back into the fund. They can't keep up with that.
1: Mm-hmm. So the cap is just the cap is just necessary if you want parity in the league. If you don't want parity in the league, then take the cap away. But I, I I like the idea though of yes having a hard cap so that there's no going into the tax for teams like they have to actually be smart. Um, And then, yeah, like, if you have a hard cap and you want to make it so that there's no max salaries, there's just, like, you can pay a player whatever you want. The bad teams will throw crazy money at players they shouldn't, and the good teams would play the right – would, at times, like, you know, Utah say, hey, LeBron, we'll give you $75 million more a year or whatever to come here. And you might even have a chance at somebody. Like you probably don't get LeBron, but maybe you get someone mid-level like a Kyle Lowry or something like that that you can actually beat people out. And then you know it would be interesting. I don't know if it ever changes, but it would be interesting.
0: I, yeah, because the the yeah. only ideas that I have are a, um, you can still don't have a hard cap, you still have the soft cap like they have, but teams that develop their own players, drafted and develop their own players, such as like Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. If your team is going over the cap to pay those players, don't punish those teams for going above the cap. Let those let let players that that team drafted be exempt. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 let those contracts hit them because why why are we punishing teams for doing exactly what they're supposed to do and develop them well? Like that's that's it, the NBA wants that. That means there's going to be you know better talent, more stars. Uh, and and more parity if teams are taking care of their talent instead of just washing these players out and hoping that free agency somebody else did their job and then they can come in and swoop in. The other thing that I I, I really like is um, the NFL has compensation picks. I liked how they said uh, somebody was like maybe you give a team that lost their star player lottery balls. So all of a sudden a team like Utah that was you know twenty fourth. And not in the lottery, but obviously has taken a significant step back. Doesn't have this one-year killer period of, oh, this is awful, and so they, while they might still land at stay at 24, they have a chance to get a top three because they're Ooh. doing everything right. They're doing everything right. You, as the NBA, want them to do. They're 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 putting together a solid franchise they are they're well organized they have good coaching good development they take care of their players their fans show out they're making money they're doing everything that you want them to do don't don't punish them with a year of purgatory just because their star player got enamored with with banners and uh, banners in Boston so I, and I like that. So that would be cool. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot. Just throw in like three, you know, three percent of the of 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 the lottery amount, and and all of a sudden you have this really intriguing story going into, and then if that happens, then you have to move. You have to switch the lottery. You have to move the draft after free agency, which should have happened by now, because if the draft had happened after, oh, the- after free agency. Utah jazz would be going ham at the draft, trying to move up trade around get get through and 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 really try to uh address these changes, but instead now now it's like okay well we we we're at the end of free agency, our star isn't here, nobody's left, and now we have to just deal with it so
1: Utah is the perfect case to bring to Adam Silver to talk about free agency because Utah was screwed by it more than anybody. And, and really, like, Gordon Hayward was lame for kind of how he handled the, the, the blog post and everything. And however you feel about Gordon, whatever, the Jazz were screwed by that wait, waiting period. But that waiting period also is created by the fact that the Jazz weren't able to do free agency before the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have free agency before the draft... The Jazz still get Donovan Mitchell because Denver's still interested in Trey Lyles. The draft still kind of – maybe the draft even, like, shakes out a little differently. Like, maybe – you, uh, you,
0: you move a – you decide, you know what, we're going to move favors and hood. or And
1: we – and, yeah, and we're going to go grab – we're going to do everything we can to go get – Yeah, and we could even – you know, at that point you get You uh, might Ricky even Rubio. be thinking
0: of trading Rubio at that time. Yeah. They said, hey, we at traded point- for him. This didn't work out um we're going to we're going to move him to we're going to be fair to rubio and trade him for a contender the other thing that i was thinking about with that scenario too is you look at a player like joe johnson who came to utah on the on on the on the promise that hey we want to build you around gordon hayward we have this great team um this is going to be a great great spot just to to, to fill a need and now i i feel bad for joe johnson joe johnson you know he might not be on a contender, and he deserves to be. I think Joe Johnson's one of those players in this league that deserves to, to get a chip and and to do those things, and or or at least be in a, in contention. And with how tough the West is, there's a good chance the Jazz are you know 44 and 38 and out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. or 42 and 40 and out of the playoffs. And and where does that leave Joe Johnson? So I think one of the one of the pieces to to fall. Um, looking at this whole situation is, you know, what do the Utah jazz do with Joe Johnson? Are they going to, uh, I'm sure they've gone to him and said, Hey, you know, what are, what do you want to do? Do you still want to be here? If you do, you know, if you don't, we don't blame you because this isn't the situation that we promised you. Um, mm-hmm. So I, um, and then of course, Boris Diaw. I don't, <laughs> there's definitely not a, a scenario where Boris Diaw is probably coming back next year. Uh, albeit I would love to have Ricky Rubio and Boris DL on the same team j- just for just for all of the stuff that's happening off the court I would kill for it and and especially with <laughs> donovan Mitchell like Ricky Rubio donovan Mitchell Rudy gobert Boris DL, that is a top five Instagram roster
1: that is it's just the best personalities you could uh really put together I mean right and they're not they're not like big time like cocky personalities like a draymond green they're just like lovable and likable personalities boris dio posting pictures from mountaintops and with the french review
0: yeah can <laughs> like, you imagine all four of those guys like just doing moab together like just just a, <laughs> just funny. like them instagram storing like them off-roading in a in a jeep i w- oh my gosh i would kill for it it's not gonna happen but i kill for it so so the question is we've we've uh, moving on from all this pain how are the Celtics better than Cleveland? Did, did, did they get what they wanted? What do you think?
1: So congratulations to the Boston Celtics. They got Gordon Hayward uh, a big-time signing for them because they don't have to make a trade for him. They, I mean, whenever you get a player in free agency, it's a big-time pickup because you didn't have to do anything other than just sign his contract. So congratulations to the Celtics. Uh, and I would and talked about this a little bit before on a post I had done. Just – of what kind of a little about what Gordon Hayward is and what Gordon Hayward is isn't. And he's a great player and he's going to make them a better team. Um, I've seen some things from some people talking about how the Boston Celtics might've overachieved a little bit last year. I think actually uh, Boston will probably win about the same amount of games. Uh, I was looking at Al Horford and I'm, I like Al Horford. I don't know if I think Al Horford is a massive game changer for the Celtics they also were able to make a trade recently that kind of broke our hearts a little bit. I don't think we really had a chance at Jay Crowder, but they traded Avery Bradley. They released Kelly Olenek. They're going to get Marcus Morris, who is is fine. I don't know if he's he, – he's relate, He's like
0: replacement a, level at best. Yeah, honestly. replacement level. He's six fouls and allows them to, to you know, space the floor.
1: Yeah, and so they they lose Avery Bradley, who is honestly a – all defensive team Canada every year i don't know if he made it this year which is surprising but uh he's a great defensive player and he was hitting big shots and what was interesting is like he was one of those players that looked like he belonged as much as anyone when the celtics were playing the cavaliers he was hitting big shots he was a big part of them beating washington so they lose that they replaced that production with gordon hayward uh i i Honestly, I and maybe this is bias, and I don't want to be like sour grapes. I don't think the Celtics are that much better. I think they're better because uh, Gordon Hayward does so many things. He's a better player than Avery Bradley. He drives to the hoop. He makes plays for other players. Uh, Gordon Hayward is always going to be like a plus-minus All Star because he's one of those guys that plays the game correctly, and he's an underrated defender too. So uh, he's going to be very solid. Uh, Al Horford is going to slowly keep tapering off year by year. Um, He's kind of, I I think he's almost past the prime of his career at this point. And the one that I'm interested in the most for the Celtics is Isaiah Thomas because he's coming off hip surgery. Uh, You know that Avery Isaiah Thomas is going to come in. He's going to play his heart out because he's got a max contract on the horizon. And I don't know if the Celtics are going to pay him. I, I mean, That's a tough situation for Boston,
0: honestly. I I look at Boston and it's – I don't – I think they're a little bit better. But I think because of the diminished East, I do think they win more games. That's true. So um, I look at them like uh, like kind of like that Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, um, Nets team where – they're they're good but they're also flawed and they're flawed down low they're they're flawed in rim protection they're flawed in um in um kind of their team it it they they really remind me of the tyrone Corbin jazz but taken to the far extreme so now you have even better star talent there but yet they're trying to rebuild at the same time i I do think I was impressed by Jalen Brown in Summer League. I think he he balled out. Oh, he looks fantastic. He looks great. Like if you if you're a Boston Celtics fan, like yeah, you in, in all actuality, it could be a situation where you where, what you had with Paul George and Danny Granger in Indianapolis when everyone's like Danny Granger's our guy and all of a sudden Paul George comes out of nowhere. And Danny Granger all of a sudden is you know, he becomes injury prone. I don't think Gordon Hayward's going to become injury prone, but um, if, if that's the scenario, then, then if, if Jalen Brown balls out of his mind this year, uh, I would say, I would really say that Danny Ainge did what he was supposed to, but if he doesn't and they've traded away Avery Avery Bradley and you have Jay Crowder who I don't know where he fits now, maybe for depth, uh, because yeah, I, he's I, basically
1: I, their sixth man. At yeah. This he's point. their
0: sixth man. I think they're, I think they're a good team. Um, where that lies with Cleveland uh Cleveland's the same team as they were last year. That's not necessarily a bad thing, especially when there's so much movement continuity is is a strength um so i but Cleveland is a highly flawed team too, and so in the end of it, it's d- could they make the finals? Yeah, they could, but that's more of an indictment of how bad their conference is rather than how good their team is going to be. So they might be a really good team coming out of really depleted East. And that's good. It, that that means Gordon Hayward gets to go to the NBA finals. He might feel a little bit justified in, in his decision rather than a second round exit every year. But um, are they going to be a team that competes? They'll, they're will they going to be known just like those, those Nets teams of making it to the finals and just getting waxed. Or... Or the the Sixers team that was led by AI that he carried on their backs, and then they got waxed. So um, it's it's a it's a tough scenario. I I think Danny Ainge did the right call. Should he have not gone after the best free agent available? No, should have gone after him. But are they better? It's them and Utah. They're in the same spot, and and unfortunately, I would be saying the same thing if Utah was in the Eastern Conference. Well, they have you know the. They have Ricky Rubio. They have Gordon Hayward. They have Rudy Gobert. That's enough to, to to give them a fighting chance. But do they do they compete against the Warriors? It's, mm-hmm. And and that's just the hard thing of having a once in a generation competitor like the Warriors. And for those who are old enough who remember the Bulls, this is this is what it felt like. It, every year it's like we got a lot better, but the the guys on the other side of the court are just are are, are just way 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 better
1: oh yeah they they do feel like empty calories to me that it's just they are going to they're going to be good because yeah like you said default and if if lebron leaves in a few years for the for the lakers i mean the eastern conference at that point just becomes i mean it it's got to be the gordon hayward might be the first of a lot of free agents in the west that maybe are looking for money, but also want to get an easier path. Because if you do go to the East, you are going to have an easier time becoming an all-star, which can make it easier for you to make more money. So if you go, if you go to the Knicks, if you go to the Heat, and you get kind of the hype machine of those uh, markets, and you win a lot of games because you're in the East, because you're playing the Sixers and you're playing the the Brooklyn Nets. Four times a year, you're going to win a lot of games. That's and even the way now, the
0: Sixers might not are probably on the on the curve heading up. And so, exactly. what you might see is um, that B tier of of star players who aren't going to get the max. Look at one year deals with the Sixers or or teams in the East where they can be like, "Hey, I can ball out of my mind and kind of wait for things to things to die down in the West." Um. So speaking speaking of. You know, uh, we talked about the Celtics and changes with with Hayward. Everybody wants to crown a hero. And when when there is a villain, you want you want somebody to look up, and and it's very much as in the Dark Knight. You know, he's not the hero that we need. He's the hero we deserve. <laughs> and 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 that's right now Rudy Gobert, who fairly or unfairly has has the fans of of. The franchise of the Utah Jazz, putting all of their worries, their fears, their hurt feelings on his very large shoulders and saying, "Make things better, so much so that there was uh um somebody's trying to create a a billboard campaign that says loyalty for Rudy Gobert, and I have a few problems with this can i can i can i can I uh, go ahead go in, go in my soapbox, go ahead. He hasn't proven that he's loyal, and that doesn't mean he's not lo- He's not, not loyal. He's The thing about Rudy Gobert is he's been on contract with the Utah Jazz since he decided to leave his professional team in France to head into the NBA draft. At that point, the Utah Jazz have held his rights and will continue to hold his rights for another four years. He's not going anywhere. But he never had the choice really to go anywhere. Even if he said, I don't want to be here, they could say, well, here's our max contract. Everyone else is going to throw a max contract out out to you. And they say, we match, and he's back. So that's, now, I love Rudy Gobert. I think he's amazing. I think he does have a chance to stay with this franchise for years to come. He just kind of fits that identity. But then again, we've said that, many times over about many different Utah Jazz players that they fit. And the other thing about loyalty is loyalty has to work both ways. We want to say he didn't leave the franchise, but at the same point, the Utah Jazz can trade favors whenever they like. They can trade Rudy Gobert and jumpstart rebuilding all over again whenever they like. They hold those keys because they hold his contract rights. And so loyalty works both ways. And so in the NBA as fans we want to have that loyalty and it's almost kind of this facade of what's going out there and we want to believe that they are there for them but at the same time at the same time it's it, it we don't get to, we we can't just say he's loyal he's loyal to us he's been loyal to us and look like remember I, Remember Kevin Durant? Like like this is this is the tale. Remember Kevin Durant when the whole decision was going on with LeBron James and and he signed his all he did was sign his his extension and the Thunder just tweeted out Kevin Durant signed the extension. And everyone's like, "Look at that. That's humility. That's someone who's not a prima donna. That's someone who cares about their franchise, not some guy who's just who's out there going to create a scene for himself." Well, Let's queue <laughs> four years you know, a few years later and and Kevin Durant made his choice. He he went out. He 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 made he took the he he signed with the Golden State Warriors. And then all of a sudden the guy everyone had villainized, Russell Westbrook, who was really like, This guy takes away shots from 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 Kevin Durant. He's he's self-centered. He only cares about himself. All of a sudden they're like he cares about the franchise. He signed an extension right after, right after Kevin Durant left. He's the guy, and he's so. Uh, never meet your heroes, folks. Like it's, it's just that's what that's what it's going to be. It's just like never meet your heroes, and 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 uh, and and you won't have to worry about getting your your heart broken.
1: So the the one thing I would tell jazz fans is um, it's just kind of like you got dumped by your girlfriend and you go to your bros and you want to hear from them like you're awesome and I love you and you're my man forever and I love you forever and you're at the bar and you're just – you're hanging out and you're clinking glasses and you want to hear from Rudy that like, oh, of course I won't sign with you. And what didn't help things I guess or help things or whatever it's just a thing that happened is Giannis tweeted that thing. The loyalty or something like that, that he's loyal to them because, uh, you know, the the Twitter trolls start coming out and saying things like, well, Giannis is coming to L.A. soon. And yeah. and jazz fans see that. And it's like, you know, it puts fear in your heart because we just went through the worst thing possible, losing our one of our best players for nothing. Uh, but what I would tell jazz fans is, like Michael said, it's going to be in four years anyway. The Jazz have done things right with Rudy from the beginning. Like uh, Rudy is crazy enough to think about the time where Corbin sent him down to the D League for two weeks, which personally pissed me off at the time. And maybe he thinks about that. But if that's the only thing the Jazz have ever done that might make Rudy annoyed, that's pretty good. They they signed him. They signed him right away um, in free agency. And in all honesty, go. And I don't know the truth. It could be just agent spin, but. Rudy Gobert said he wanted to get a deal done quickly. The Jazz would have matched anything anyways, but it's better than sending him to the market and saying, well, we don't believe you're a worth a max contract. Prove it by going and getting one like Gordon did and then Gordon got one, which which bugged him. Uh, so, you know, there's not a lot of cons the Jazz have done. And the Jazz are doing things right now as well, like for the majority of Rudy Gobert's career, he when he has been a starter on the Jazz and earning his starting spot and the Jazz trading away in his canter, the Jazz have worked hard to make the team better and win. He knows that the Jazz are trying to win. I mean, Rudy, his rookie season didn't play a lot. And then in the second season, he comes in after we trade away in his canter, And from that point on, he's the guy. Uh, and from that point on, the Jazz have been working towards winning. They had that one... Uh, season where we just we will even with like that's that's a thing too this team is going to be pretty good next year like don't be surprised if we win 45 games next year because from the time rudy gobert has started for the utah jazz the utah jazz have been winning a lot of games
0: yeah it, even with gordon hayward out when rudy gobert was in there they were in they were they were in games and that exactly. was and and honestly if you look at the numbers the 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 differentiating factor between wins and losses last year was more so held at what the point guard was position was offering. What if George Hill was in or out, because even when you had Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert there without George Hill, um, and it went back to Shelvin Mack or, uh, (laughs) or, or Raul Neto because Dante Exum wasn't getting a lot of burn over there. Um, it was a it was a huge drop off, and that was really what hurt Utah. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to be Jazz are going to be in a good spot. Unfortunately, they play in the Western Conference of Death, mm-hmm. and if they win 45 games this year in this Western Conference, that's going to I would say that that last year that would have been a 51 52 win team.
1: And the and the Jazz have just one other op. Um... Just kinda of thing in their favor with and and the thing about this is it's a little silly, guys. It's four years. We don't really need to worry about it. It's not like you don't need to worry about it. But the thing about centers in the NBA is there's not as much of a center market as there is for a wing market. So, you know, people are gonna go after a Kevin Durant or a Gordon Hayward a little bit differently than they are going against going to go for a very defensive minded, you know, defensive center. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to be the same thing as with Gordon. I, I wouldn't worry about it. It's four years away, but I think the jazz will be fine. Yeah. Uh,
0: A lot of things can happen in four years. So, yeah. um, summer league, summer league, who are your stars? Who, 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 who do you love at, at summer league? Who, who are your guys? Uh,
1: Well, for me, I've always been a Dante Exum fan, and Dante Exum showed showed us the things that we've been hoping for for years to see, some of it a little bit of him, and most of it for his ACL injury. So Dante Exum playing just point guard minutes, running the show really well, and then the other guy, Donovan Mitchell, who I personally think is going to be a star. I know the Jazz think that he has a chance to be a real star. The Donovan Mitchell has come into the summer league, and from game one, has been just fantastic. He and like to contrast some of the things we've seen in summer league, interesting things. So last night, Lonzo Ball plays summer league, did not look particularly effective. Shoots ten for fifteen. Uh, the I was thing more that... worried
0: about his defense. Like he's he's playing guys who are he should be better than and and he's longer than he he's he has the size of Dante Exum. He struggled on defense.
1: Oh my goodness! That's the thing that was so nice about Donovan. So that first game, me and Milo were there and watched the game. It was absolute blast. If you guys, the, if if Donovan Mitchell warm ups are going to be a dunk show every single game, it's going to be amazing. But the fact that he like had that fantastic offensive game in game one, the second game he shoots like five for fifteen, which isn't horrific. It's better than two fifteen for Lonzo Ball. Uh, but the fact that he not, he not only does he offensively have the skill set to be really special he's also a defensive just pit bull he like gets into guys he makes steals he shut down jason tatum whenever he was on him it was fantastic
0: it, it, it really gives you by the end of this year here here's my crazy summer league overreaction I think there's a really good chance Donovan Mitchell is is in that starting lineup by the end of the year. And I don't think Dante Exum is in the starting lineup by the end of the year. And it's going to be because if you look at that starting lineup and you have a lineup of Rubio, of Mitchell, Ingles, Favors, Gobert, you've really clamped down on defense. And you know with Mitchell, he's going to be able to space the floor. And then you can throw in Dante Exum um, first off the bench, and if Exum and, and Hood coming first off the you know those first guys off the bench. They're going to play a lot of minutes too, like Exum and Exum and Hood. Even though they're probably going to come off the bench, they're going to be putting in major minutes. Like we're talking, you know, talking like thirty minutes a game probably, uh, just to fill all everything that's going on because uh, Utah Jazz still don't have a, a, a third big. And so, w- with that said, they're going to be trying to really uh, fill those 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 wing minutes, and that's before you even get to Alec Burks. Um, so yeah, he's good. He's he's so good defensively, and with him, he said he had a quote where he said he just was barely realizing his length at. At the combine, and so he never saw that as a strength. And now that he does, he's like, "Oh my gosh!" It's like he just discovered his superpowers all of a sudden.
1: it's the and, origin story, right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: and now he's like, "Oh wait, I do." And then and now he's really going after it. And you combine that with Ricky Rubio disrupting passing lanes, Joe Ingles disrupting passing lanes. With that, that's just a nightmare. And this team, this team's going to be absolutely there's going to be way more fast breaks for utah because of the opportunities they're going to create on the defensive end
1: so so the jazz the jazz might lead the league in turnovers when you consider uh like donovan mitchell steals uh and we've talked about this a lot but rookie rubio and joe ingles it might be a question is can we just start joe ingles at the four maybe Is that something that we can even try? I don't know if he has the size I think I think
0: that's going to be a lineup that we see next year. I don't think it's going to be a starting lineup, but I definitely think we're going to see a lineup of where you see Rubio, Exum, Hood, Ingles out there, or you see a lineup of, you know, Exum or or Rubio, Hood, Ingles, Johnson, Gobert. I'd say they still have a lot of fun lineups that they can throw out there. It's – Utah Jazz aren't in a terrible spot after leading Gordon Hayward. This isn't Cleveland after they lost LeBron.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, they've done a really great job. So it's – and then Dante Exum has been just playing – Dante Exum had a terrible position. If he didn't play well at Summer League, people are going to be like, well, he's not made cut for this league. And then if he plays well, people are like, well, duh. He's his fourth year and he's in his Summer League. So it's <laughs> – he's in a, in, a, in a no-win situation and he won – um, at the Utah Summer League, he looks like a man amongst boys. He played with poise. He still has he's still high turnover prone. I think that's always going to be him, and that's not ne- necessarily a bad thing. Uh, James Harden is very turnover prone, and nobody's Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is high turnover uh, has high turnovers. That's that's just their game, and so and and they kind of have a, all of them have that a, a bit looser handle, but they're also attacking the rim getting to the line so you know if they miss the shot or they turn it over it's still the ball's still in the other team's hands
1: oh yeah and that's the thing is the jazz will not be as good as they were last year losing Gordon Hayward hurts but the jazz are going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. and one of the things I noticed too with Dante is he just looks like he's having fun out there like he looks like he's enjoying himself he looks much and it, stronger
0: so does uh, he, Rodney Hood Rodney Hood um was on the sidelines and he looked looks like he'd put on Put on some muscle. He had some,
1: he had some more man meat on his bones. Yes, but but yeah. So the the Jazz are going to be fun. They're going to try some new things. I'm sure Quinn Snyder is going to come out and say, let's just let's just figure something out. with The talent we have, uh, play to our strengths. I think the Jazz play a lot faster. Um, I don't know if if uh, Derek Favors can play faster. We'll see. But but we know for sure Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Dante Exum can all just be lightning quick in transition and play well. Uh, Let's see, we saw uh, Ricky Rubio showing off at Spain Annual Basketball Camp doing Ricky Rubio things. Yes, uh,
0: just just having a great, like, it's just awesome. I love, I'm so happy we have Ricky because he is just such a shiny light of happiness. Yes. And, and he just, he's just like, like, even even after, like, Gordon Hayward's gone, he just looks like he's happy. Like, every, everything's just the best. Like, there's a guy who, like, fostered kittens when he had his ACL injury. He he's just he's just awesome. Um now one of the one of the things that we have are are the Jazz done making moves. Do you think so?
1: I think they will do something else, but I think at this point they don't have any leverage with anybody. They don't really have a it there's no deadline they're trying to hit now at this point. So I think we're probably going to see the Jazz kind of slow down a little bit. They still, like we said, have Boris DL contract. They still have favors uh, who I wonder if they're still figuring out if he's a part of the future or not. Um, I still think they have some moves they can still make, whether that's before the season starts, whether that's midway through the season next year with the trade deadline. I think they do something, but we're not going to see a big splash, I don't think. Unless some team comes to Dennis Lindsay and says, Hey, uh, we just... You know we need Derek Favors badly. Let's get something done, or or let's. I mean, I, I, there could be a situation where maybe someone comes to, to Den Lindsey and says we really want Ricky Rubio, and let's make something happen. Then maybe, but uh, I think the Jazz for now are pretty much done. You're not. I don't think you're really going to see anything happen.
0: Yeah, I I think it's going to be all quiet. We might see a, a, a small move here or there. Forest E. L. Not you know his contract not being picked up, or maybe they trade it really quick just to pick up a quick asset for one of these cash trap teams, um, yeah.
1: like a Portland or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think I think it's gonna be quiet. I think it's gonna be a lot of focus on the summer league, and uh, and then you know things will pick up once we get closer to training camp. So that's gonna be that's gonna be the the it's 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 died down for Utah.
1: Yeah. I think we're done. It's it's uh disappointing with Gordon Hayward, but just everything I've taken from the Jazz from now on is that they're going to be a lot of fun. Um I don't know. I'm going to be buying a lot of tickets. I hope you I hope I see you guys at the games and uh finally uh remember guys to go to iTunes, give us a review, uh give us a rating. We really appreciate it. Uh, comment in the threads what you like, what you don't like. Let us know. Are there some things? So the summer's coming up. We're gonna have. It's gonna slow down a little bit. Uh, maybe let us know some things you want us to talk about. Uh, maybe we can start doing that. Also, It's just uh, taking requests. Uh, uh, see what you guys want. But that's all I got, Milo. It's
0: been good, everybody.
1: All right. Talk to you later. Bye.